Building a portfolio with Fidelity Basket Portfolios is kind of like making a sandwich. It's as simple as picking your stocks and ETFs, sort of like your meats and other topics, and managing it as one big, juicy investment. Mmm, now that's pretty good. Learn more at fidelity.com slash baskets. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSC SIPC. Good Thursday morning. The race is on to avoid an even larger economic crisis. Yeah, two more major banks now at risk. It is March 16th. This is today. Shaky ground, yet another U.S. bank teetering on the brink. While overseas, one of the largest banks in the world forced to borrow billions to stay in business. All of it rattling Wall Street as the Treasury Secretary heads to Capitol Hill today to reassure lawmakers and a nervous nation. We'll break down everything you need to know. Breaking overnight, moment of impact. New video just released by the U.S. military showing the downing of that American drone near Ukraine. A Russian fighter plane colliding with the $32 million aircraft, knocking out its signal. As it's revealed, the jet's aggressive actions were approved at the highest levels of the Russian government. We'll have the very latest. Time's up. Pressure mounting on TikTok with the White House delivering its strongest warning yet to the wildly popular app's Chinese owners. Sell or face a total ban in the U.S. Under threat, tens of millions across the country facing the risk of severe storms today. Heavy snow in the Midwest, possible tornadoes in the South. Al is tracking it all. All that plus spring break warning. A giant blob of seaweed, twice the width of the United States, taking aim at the beaches in Florida. It's coming in masses, huge masses of stuff. What it could mean for the vacation plans of millions. Today, Thursday, March 16th. 2023. From NBC News, this is Today with Savannah Guthrie and Hoda Kotb, live from Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza. A good morning. Welcome to today. We're happy you're here. It is a Thursday morning. Glad you're starting your day with us. Mm-hmm. Got a lot of breaking news to get to yep. this morning as well. Let's take another look. This just released video just this morning showing the moment a Russian fighter jet collided with that U.S. military drone. The incident, of course, has heightened tensions between our two countries already high. We're going to have a full report on this. But first, let's get to our top story. New fears about the economy and the banking industry with the possibility that even more institutions could fail after the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank. Well, this morning, regulators are stepping in to stabilize Credit Suisse as the European banking giant endures its own trouble, separate and apart from what we saw in the U.S. And here's a look at stock futures after that wild ride on Wall Street yesterday. At one point, the Dow was down more than 700 points. Okay, so one of the main questions right now, is this the beginning of what happened in 2008, the financial crisis that took years to recover from? Well, let's ease your minds right now out of the gate. Our experts say no, but there is a lot you do need to know about your money and what happens next. NBC's business reporter Brian Chung gets us started. Hi, Brian. Good morning. Good morning. The dramatic failures of Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank over the weekend triggered a swift government response in an effort to stop the bleeding and prevent widespread panic. But now two additional banks, one at home and one abroad, appear to be under pressure. All eyes are on Wall Street this morning after a roller coaster day of trading sent stocks sliding, with nervous investors worrying about the health 
of the banking system. We have yet another day of banking concerns dragging down the market. The focus now, Zurich-based Credit Suisse, one of the largest banks in the world. Customers pulling their money out of the firm led the Swiss National Bank to pledge help if necessary. Overnight, Credit Suisse accepted that help, saying it would borrow up to $54 billion in an effort to reassure investors. Here in the U.S., the focus is on California-based First Republic. Two credit ratings agencies downgraded the bank, with S&P ratings citing elevated risks of customers pulling their funds. The company declined to comment on the downgrades. If more banks domestically were to fail, what would that do to the economy? Well, if we saw widespread failure, that would significantly weaken the uh, lending growth, the growth to businesses and households. That would undermine the economy and we would go into recession. Those concerns causing some First Republic customers to visit their branches shortly after Silicon Valley and Signature Banks went under. I got scared and came down to talk to them um, and was going to take out the little bit of money that I had. I feel confident enough that I'm not taking money out. I'm putting money in. Experts say those worried about their savings accounts should remember that insured banks and credit unions protect up to $250,000 per depositor. For the people that are looking at the news and going, do I need to pull money out of my bank? What do you say? Generally, I I say no. Um, So when we're thinking about having money in a bank, uh, when it comes to banks, there's FDIC insurance. So really, that comes into play uh, with loss of deposits, checking, savings account. This morning, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen is expected to face some grilling over the banking system on Capitol Hill. According to prepared remarks, Yellen will reassure that taxpayer money is not being used or put at risk in the fallout and that Americans can feel confident their deposits will be there when they need them. Savannah. All right, Brian Chung leading us off. Thank you. Joining us with more perspective on what's happening in the banking industry, what it means for your money. We have CNBC anchor David Faber with us. Good morning. Good morning. We need someone who speaks fluent CNBC this morning, but let's let's just get one thing out of the way. Sure. This is not 2008. It is not. This is not a financial collapse. This is this is not something that that threatens the entire financial system of our country. Not at all. Uh, I don't want to not take it seriously because it should be, but it is in no way uh, equal to what we saw in 2008, where we had massive financial institutions that were deeply embedded in the U.S. financial system, the world financial system, about to collapse. And therefore, uh, we had to worry about the overall system. This is not that. But that said, there is a concern. And in, in a strange way, fear is the thing to fear right now. If people start panicking, if they think that their banks are somehow imperiled, and start pulling their money out, that creates the crisis. Like you have this situation where it could be a self-fulfilling prophecy. That's in fact what we've seen to a large extent. Yeah, confidence is the key in the financial system. It was the key in 2008 as well. It went away very quickly. Here, if depositors don't feel comfortable in some way, if they're not confident their money is safe, they may choose to pull it. As a guest said during that piece, if you have 250,000 or less in a bank, you're completely safe. You have an explicit guarantee from the FDIC for the insurance there. And over the weekend, and on Sunday, the Federal Reserve, the FDIC, the Treasury also made an implicit guarantee that even if you have uninsured deposits above 250000 you should be fine. But that doesn't mean that people aren't still concerned. And there are certain banks where there are particular characteristics, Savannah, that do had and have led people to say, you know what, I'd rather be safer moving my money to one of the biggest banks where I know it's going to be fine. And just real quickly, this Credit Suisse, which we've seen, it's a Swiss bank and it sounds like Swiss regulators are stepping in to shore it yes. up. 
it had a whole separate set of problems. So it's it's in a way a function of bad timing as well. It is bad timing. It's not completely disconnected from this because, again, it goes to confidence. It goes to concern that is raised when you have what's going on here in the United States with Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank. That said, Credit Suisse has had a series of mismanage, mismanagement uh, and and has suffered from that. And so there has been a loss of confidence over a long period of time. The Swiss have come in to try to make sure that that bank is safe because it's an important one in a very large, important European bank. It's a biggie. Real quickly, the Fed obviously is going to meet next week. The question, will it raise interest rates again? We've got inflation coming down. Um, and now we have this this banking situation. What do, you, what do people think is going to happen? Well, there had been an expectation the Fed would continue on its aggressive uh, rate rise, so to speak, maybe as much as a half a percent. That has changed since we've had this, what we'll call it a mini financial crisis. And so the question becomes, do we get a quarter percent increase or none because of the concern? Remember, the Fed is not just worried about inflation. Financial stability, which is what we're talking about here, is also its number one concern typically. So there's the possibility, and we debate this all the time on CNBC, that we will get no rise in interest rates. And in fact, rates have fallen in the bond market over the last week rather dramatically. All right. All right, lots to watch. Thank yes. you very much. Good to have you here. Appreciate it. All right. Let's now move to breaking news. Uh, another story we're watching very closely. The U.S. military releasing the first video showing the downing of an American drone by Russian fighter jets, an incident that is further escalating already simmering tensions between the two nations. NBC's chief international correspondent, Keir Simmons, has the very latest for us. Hi, Keir. Good morning. Hoda, good morning to you. This is dramatic video and diplomatically a big deal. Why? Because it appears to be the first known physical contact between the Russian and U.S. military since the war in Ukraine began. You don't see the actual collision, but you do see the Russian fighter jet flying towards the drone, a camera malfunction and a bent propeller. This morning, stunning new video showing Russia's mid-air clash with that American Reaper drone. In the declassified video released by the U.S. military, you can see what the U.S. says is fuel being poured onto the unmanned drone by an Su-27 Russian fighter jet. Then it comes back to drop even more fuel and ends up colliding with the drone, temporarily cutting off the camera feed. When it returns, you can see the propeller clearly damaged forcing the military to bring down the drone into the Black Sea, with the US saying there were efforts to wipe all of its sensitive data. Three US officials telling NBC News the highest levels of the Russian government approved those actions over the Black Sea. But the collision itself was not likely intentional, according to those officials who believe it was pilot error. The Russians have previously denied the US version of events, Washington and Moscow putting aside the escalating tension and angry exchanges and finally resuming diplomatic communication. I just got off the phone with my Russian counterpart, Minister Shoigu. <clears throat> As I've said repeatedly, it's important that great powers be models of transparency and communication. This morning, Russia racing to find what's left of the downed drone. Security Council Secretary Nikolai Patrushev, who's close to President Putin, saying, I don't know if we will be able to get it or not, but saying they will try. General Milley also expressing doubt over whether it will be recovered. Probably sank uh, uh, to some significant depths. Uh, so any recovery operation from a technical standpoint would be very difficult. President Putin meeting with Syrian dictator President Assad, saying nothing about his country's latest tense exchange with America. How much he knew 
or whether he authorised the mid-air confrontation, unclear this morning. And we want to be clear, the US military is saying very clearly this declassified video has been edited for length. However, it says the events are depicted in sequential order. Why is establishing the facts so important, Hoda? Well, imagine if an incident between the US and Russian military happened again and someone was killed. Hoda? All right. Keir Simmons for us there. Keir, thank you. Also this morning, the Biden administration is increasing pressure on the popular app TikTok, demanding its Chinese parent company sell its stake in the app or face serious consequences. NBC's Chief White House Correspondent Kristen Welker is on that story for us. Hey, Kristen, what are you hearing? Hey, Hoda, good morning to you. Well, lots of breaking news around this. This does mark a dramatic shift in the Biden administration's policy towards this hugely popular app, TikTok, which, by the way, has more than 100 million users. Now, just this morning, Hoda, NBC News has confirmed from a source close to TikTok that the administration is demanding the company's Chinese owners, ByteDance, sell their stake in the social media giant, or else the administration is threatening a possible ban of the app here in the U.S., which would likely face major legal challenges. Now, this source did caution me that the company does not see this to be a final order. This news was first reported by the Wall Street Journal. We have reached out to the White House. We've reached out to the Treasury Department overnight, but they declined to comment on all of this. Now, the issue here are the growing fears that China could use the app to access Americans' data, particularly because of national security law there that requires companies to turn over customer data if requested. China saying this morning that the U.S. has just failed to prove that TikTok threatens national security. And overnight, the company firing back. Let me read you a part of the statement from TikTok, which reads, quote, if protecting national security is the objective, divestment doesn't solve the problem. A change in ownership would not impose any new restrictions on data flows or access. The company also suggesting a robust third party monitoring, vetting and verification process is what's needed. And they say they're already doing that now. Look, big picture here, this latest move comes amid mounting pressure from Republicans who say President Biden just hasn't been tough enough on TikTok. And some Republican sources texted me actually overnight saying this is the right move. But they also accuse the president of making this shift with the 2024 election looming large. Hoda. All right. Kristen Welker for us there on the Hill. Kristen, thank you. Meanwhile, the battle over abortion is back in the spotlight. A federal judge in Texas appointed by former President Trump heard arguments in a lawsuit that seeks to overturn the FDA's decades old approval of a drug called Mifepristone. The pill is used in more than half of all abortion in the United States, and the case could force it to be pulled off the market nationwide. NBC senior legal correspondent Laura Jarrett joins us. Laura, let's start right there. I'm sure there are folks yep. sitting at home and saying, now, wait a minute, how can one judge right. in Texas have a ruling that would effectively yank a drug off the market nationwide. I think it's surprising to a lot of people, but this is how federal jurisdiction works. The idea being, if the FDA actually didn't follow the right process and it's illegal and it's not safe, then it's not safe anywhere uh, all across the country. Now, of course, the defense here, the Justice Department is saying, look, we have studied this for over 20 years and the drug is exceedingly safe. Providers will tell you it is safer than Tylenol, but the judge yesterday in court seemed very receptive to this idea that somehow uh, it had been fast-tracked and they hadn't adequately evaluated the safety of it. That, that's the heart of the lawsuit. But let's go back to practical matters for a second. If, let's say, this judge were to strike this down and, yeah. and, and yank this drug off of shelves, 
what would be the immediate effect likely? Right. So the practical effect is there is still another drug on the market, misoprostol, that allows you to terminate a pregnancy. It's used widely all over the world. However, providers will also tell you it has more side effects and it's not as effective if you use it alone without mifepristone. On the legal front, the Justice Department will immediately appeal this case. And so it's not the end of the road if the judge actually does what the plaintiff wants and issues this injunction, but no guarantee what the Court of Appeals would do and no guarantee what the Supreme Court would do if it ultimately got the case. And often when you have a legal challenge like that, you might, the, the Department of Justice would ask for a stay, saying, yes. let do nothing until we can resolve this legal matter in the higher court. Essentially courts. asking the Court of Appeals to put the judge's ruling on pause, allow the judge to proceed in circulation while the case continues. Any idea when the ruling could come? He said as soon as possible. Okay, Laura, thank you. Sure. A lot more to get to this morning. We say good morning to Craig. Hey, Craig. Savannah. Hold on. Good morning. Good morning to you as well. Uh, we have some dramatic video this morning of a daring water rescue in Southern California. Take a look here. Officials say a man somehow ended up in the rain-swollen Los Angeles River yesterday, and you can see him there clinging to, to a concrete wall in rushing waters. A rescuer was lowered down from a fire department helicopter. He manages to latch onto the victim before the chopper hoists them both to safety. The man was taken to the hospital. He was treated for hypothermia. But all of that comes on the heels of a massive storm that brought several days of heavy rain to that region. And that brings us to Mr. Roker standing by with that first check of the forecast. That's some wild video. It really is. And that system is making its way to the east now, bringing with it winter weather for 7 million people from the Rockies all the way to the upper Midwest as the system moves east. You can see the snow now starting to develop from Denver all the way up to Sioux Falls with some mixed precipitation there. This system also will be spawning some severe weather today. 22 million people at risk. Dallas, Texarkana, all in that bowl eye for the possibility of some strong hail. Wichita Falls, McAllister as well. We're going to be watching that very closely today. Tomorrow, as that system moves east, the severe weather moves east as well along the Gulf, especially can't rule out a tornado or two. As the system moves east, look for a severe risk from San Antonio all the way to Little Rock. Snow and wind in the upper Midwest continues to move east tomorrow with a line of showers and thunderstorms through the southeast and some wet weather moving into the northeast as well. We're looking at rain stretching from the uh, from the uh, uh, Appalachians all the way into the lower Mississippi River Valley, one to two inches. And up in the UP of Michigan, we could be looking at anywhere from six to 12 inches of snow. Locally, could be upwards of two feet. And that's your latest weather, guys. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Coming up, something you definitely don't want to see on vacation. Mm-mm. Beaches drowning in slimy seaweed, but it could soon be reality down in Florida. Sam mm. is there for us. Hi, Sam Brock. Yeah, Savannah Guthrie, good morning. This seaweed visible by satellite. Now that's been the case for about a decade or so, but we are looking at potentially a record-breaking bloom. Why this will not be an issue for spring break the next couple of weeks, but it could be a big problem for Florida in the months to come. That story is coming up next. All right, thank you, Sam Brock. Hoda Kotb here. But first, this is today on NBC. <laughs> it's catching on. It is. It is. It is. When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging to connect with candidates faster. Plus, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash today just go to indeed.com slash today right now and support this show by saying you heard about indeed on this podcast indeed.com slash today conditions apply need to hire you need indeed scandals happen all the time the question is how do democracies respond to those scandals Uh, and what will it mean for uh for the wider region i think one of your children's just walked in i mean shift it shifting Shifting sands in the region, do you think relations with the North may change? Um, I would be surprised if they do. The, um, pardon me. My apologies. It's so good. Who could forget Never that gets moment? Old. I mean, honestly, what, could you just watch that on a loop? Remember, that was Professor Robert <laughs> Kelly. They went viral when his kids burst into his home office. That was during a live BBC interview. His wife racing in. I mean, you know, that was six her, years ago. By the way, her face. She was like, not the other uh, one. Okay, it, it has been six years. So uh, to mark this moment, guess what Professor <laughs> Kelly did? He decided he was going to share some pictures of his beautiful family. Oh, oh my wow. god! All grown up now. Yeah. Oh, my God. That was a little boy in the, in the little... Uh, that was yeah. the baby in the little. I mean, here's the thing: that was pre-COVID. Yeah. I mean, all of a sudden, when the pandemic hit, we used to see that. Uh, oh yeah, that was all every the time. Day, yeah. By the way, every day. Best. So uh, that was the best gosh. piece of video. Well, we're gonna get started here, 7:30 <sighs> on a Thursday morning. Some kind of unsettling mm. news as spring break season is ramping yeah, up. For sure, people are flocking to, to Florida and the Gulf Coast in general for a little fun in the sun, but they're not alone. A massive seaweed bloom some 5,000 miles long is on a collision course with some of the country's favorite beaches. We're going to call that a blob. NBC's Sam Brock joins us from one of them where with everything we need to know this morning. Hey, Sam, good morning. How to good morning, guys. Good morning. Very technical term, blob. Okay, actually, the seaweed is called sargassus. This is it. Now, it has not invaded South Florida's beaches yet, but scientists say in the next few weeks, it will be here and will last for months. If you look closely here, you'll see little air vessels. That's what keeps the seaweed buoyant. Now, it's been seasonal for a long time, but guys, the masses are now so big, they are visible by satellite, and this could be the largest bloom on record. Surf, sands, and seaweed enormous mounds of brown mucky macroalgae are now floating towards florida it's been like more and more and like sometimes you cannot even get in the water because it's all in the border the popular shores of south beach are only speckled with this kind of seaweed called sargassum so far but in several weeks that's likely to change a lot the fresh stuff is lighter the dead stuff is dark Dr. Stephen Leatherman is a coastal scientist at Florida International University. He says some of the clumps currently coasting through the Gulf of Mexico and mid-Atlantic will arrive by the end of March and last through the summer. We can see it on the satellite data. We see it. It's coming in masses, huge masses of stuff. 
Leatherman says scientists aren't entirely sure what's caused the explosive growth, but pollution from fertilizer into the Amazon and deforestation in Brazil likely play a significant role. With the current crush of seaweed in Mexico, a potential preview of what's to come. With sightings already this month in Key West, Antigua, and the crowded Mexican resort of Playa del Carmen, preparing for up to three feet of buildup. It's important to note this phenomenon is not the same thing as the invasive red tide. These two things connect? No, they're totally different species. And the good thing about the sargassum is it is not a harmful algal bloom like red tide. In other words, it's not going to affect the seafood, the fish. Uh, you're not going to be hurt. The biggest issue with the seaweed, a serious rotten egg smell, not ideal for tourism. Would more of that influence your desire to come out here to Miami Beach? Yeah. Yeah. Officials from South Beach to Broward County are spending millions to clean up the seaweed and get in front of the problem. In Fort Lauderdale, they're converting it to compost. But there will also be a lot to recycle. Part of the Great Atlantic Sargasm Belt, the seaweed spans roughly 5,500 miles in the ocean from West Africa all the way to the Gulf of Mexico. The sargasm does provide shade and shelter to marine life before it degrades offshore, leaving local governments to clean up the mess. All right. So, Sam, is there any form of defense these, these islands in Florida can take to keep this stuff from coming in in the first place? Hoda, there are attempts at defense. Some governments are trying to erect barriers off the coastline to kind of try and block it. There's two problems with that, though. One, it is extremely expensive. And two, the hurricane season certainly has been very active in recent years, could come and just completely wreck them, which is to say it is likely that this kind of seaweed is going to be coming up on our shores for many foreseeable years to come. Back to you. All right. Sam Brockforce there in uh, Florida. Sam, thanks. Sargasm belt. That was the first time I heard of that. Yeah. This is a sarcasm belt right here. (laughs) Okay. Coming up, guys, one of the biggest names in Hollywood, Scarlett Johansson. She'll be here for a chat about growing her very successful skincare line. Life is a busy mom and setting her sights on some new challenges in Hollywood. Hold on, here we go. Just uh, take your time. I'm, feel, I'm actually feeling lonely. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, boy. Watch so let's. Uh, well, you're a lot stronger than you were a few weeks <laughs> that's ago. That's right. Okay. And now you're going to thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Anyway, <laughs> let's show you what we've got going on for today. Hey, guess what? End of La Nina. That's right. La Nina ends after three consecutive years. And so we're expecting El Nino conditions expected by summer. What does that mean? Well, La Nina means cooler than average water near the equator. El Nino, warmer than average. And how does that affect us? Well, it's increased wind shear, which means less favorable for tropical development for hurricane season. So hopefully that means fewer tropical systems affecting us. And here we're looking at a winter pattern next year that could bring that active storm track from the southwest through the Gulf, staying warm and dry as you get into the northern tier of states. For today, however, we're looking at freeze alerts through Saturday morning for 36 million people from Little Rock to Raleigh down to Tallahassee. Temperatures right now into the upper 30s to upper 20s. Today, that cold air expands from the west. Rapid City, Omaha, all below average. But as you move east, New York, Washington, Raleigh tomorrow looking pretty good. Chillier as you get back through the Midwest. And that cooler air comes east from Washington, Beckley on into Cleveland. But then temperatures warm up as we get toward the beginning of next week. And that is your latest weather, guys. Thank you, Al. Thank you, Al. Thanks, Uncle Al. Coming up on Pop Start, a little workout for your thumbs. You might remember this. We've got the first trailer 
for an all-new movie about the rise and fall of the OG smartphone, the oh. BlackBerry. Oh, wow. For oh. the BlackBerry? Oh, yeah. Oh, we remember. Just ahead, guys, we got another star parade in our studio. Can't wait to catch up with Scarlett Johansson. She's got some exciting new projects in and out of Hollywood. And then we're going to sit down with Yellow Jacket star Melanie Linsky ahead of the highly anticipated new season of her hit show. We'll do all of that. You can live out your MasterChef dream when you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Visit Angie.com. You can do this when you Angie that.